In the beginning was chaos, a yawning nothingness. Out of the void emerged the earth, Gaia, and some other divine beings such as Eros, which is love, and the abyss and darkness. Without any male assistance, the earth, or Gaia, gave birth to the sky. Gaia fertilized the sky, and from that union were born the first titans, or gods, six males and six females. These titans had their own offsprings, including Cronos, who had a son named Zeus. Zeus didn't like the way his father Cronus had treated some of the other titans, so he made war against him, and the titans were all cast down into the dark abyss, leaving Zeus as the father of the gods. Zeus and his fellow offspring of the titans dwelled on Mount Olympus for thousands of years, but they became bored with life, so they decided to make creatures that they could manipulate for entertainment and who would also worship them. So mankind was created. But the gods' interventions in mankind caused jealousy and division among themselves. And well, the story goes on and on. In fact, if you've, if you've seen the new Wonder Woman movie, you get the rest of the story because Diana, a.k.a. Wonder Woman, is a creature or a creation of Zeus. Did you know that? You all read Wonder Woman comic books, right? And there's a very interesting scene in this new movie. I'm sure you're all just dying for it to come out on, uh, on pay-per-view. There's an interesting scene in the movie where Diana's aunt Hippolytus tells her the story of the creation of human beings and this little Wonder Woman girl stares wide-eyed with amazement as she hears this story for the first time. Have you told your child the story of the creation from the Bible as they listened with wide-eyed amazement? Maybe you left that task up to the Sunday school teacher. I don't know. At any rate... Wonder Woman's got her version of the creation and we've got ours. Hers is dead but ours is still alive. That is, we believe it's true. Billions of people since Adam and Eve have had the story of the beginning passed down to them from generation to generation through the ancient Hebrews, the Israelites, the Jews and Christians to you and me today. It's a living account of why things are the way they are. You'll be hard-pressed to find anyone who believes the Greek version of the creation anymore. Even by the first century B.C., the Greeks had already shifted their worldview from a religious one to just folklore for entertainment. But just for fun, let's hear another creation myth that was a direct competitor of the Hebrew narrative of creation in the Bible. This version is called the Enuma Elish and it's the worldview of the ancient Babylonians. Here's how the first few lines of it goes. When the sky above was not named and the earth beneath did not yet bear a name and the primeval Apsu who made them and Chaos, Tiamat, the mother of them both, their waters were mingled together and no field was formed No marsh was to be seen when none of the gods had been called into being. 
I know that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Long story short, Apsu is fresh water and Tiamat is the saltwater oceans. They mixed together in a kind of divine marriage. You know, I guess like the Columbia River meets the Pacific Ocean and the waters mixed. There's a, they made babies or more gods. But this family of gods is a bit dysfunctional and they have arguments and conspire against each other. You know, like we sometimes do in our families. But in their case, the godlets create more gods and this time they're giant sea monsters who war against each other. And there's this huge bloody war and out of the blood that spilled from one of these sea monsters, mankind is formed. Sea monsters. Bloody wars. Gods cast down from mountains with lightning. Great stuff for children to listen to with wide-eyed amazement. Now what about our story? Where do we come from? Who's behind it all? How did we get here? What is this place we're standing on and how did it get here? The answer is found in that first reading we heard Marcus read to us. And today in the Christian church, Trinity Sunday, it's about the one who made all this. The whole universe and everything in it. It's interesting what the ancient Greeks and the Babylonians and the Sumerians and the other early cultures thought about themselves, what they, what they thought about humankind. In their religions and mythologies, human beings are an afterthought of the gods or in some cases an accidental birth. Today that self-deprecating worldview is still out there but rears its head it rears its ugly head wearing a different mask. Today some people have a real negative view of mankind especially in regards to the environment. Like me you've probably read articles and seen news stories where prophets of doom make these sweeping claims that humans are the scourge of the earth and are the direct cause of earth's impending doom. This is frightening language my friends because what do people do with scourges and causes of great trouble and suffering? They look for ways to eradicate it. This is a sin connected to the inward self and the devil's lives that we are nothing special and that we are the problem or evil in the world. It's true according to the Bible that you and I or that, and that you can see the evidence of evil yourself that you and I, humankind, does have our problems. We make war with each other. We don't take care of the planet like God commanded Adam, at least collectively, not the way we should. Because of our sin inherited from Adam in the, and the fall in the Garden of Eden, we do deserve God's wrath and punishment, something even an eco-terrorist might be able to agree on the concept anyway of a, of a deserved punishment for man's misbehavior. But it's a lie that we are insignificant and that we are a species of life with no purpose or meaning. That's why today is so important and it's a good thing that you're here today because when it comes to what's true about creation and mankind, you heard the truth you heard it, you have it in the reading from Genesis. When it comes to God and what He's made of and what He's like, 
you confess the truth using the words of the creed. The world will tell you you're a product of chaos. Your origins are an act of randomness. No maker, no plan, no purpose, no destination, and no hope. In the Bible's account of things, however, that is, in God's narrative of how and why things are the way they are, He's planned the whole thing. Man and woman are an opposite of an afterthought. God had you in mind even before He spoke and created. God delights in His creation. He delights in you. The truth is, anything but chaos or an accident In Genesis, there's a stately speaking of the word and the word takes shape in reality. I mean, consider the thought structure going on here today. Day one, light. Day two, sea and sky. Day three, land and plants. Day four, sun, moon and stars. Day five, birds and fish. Day six, man and animals. Some of these things seem out of order logically, but this is the way God worked. To us, it may not seem logical, but it's hard to to deny that it's thoughtful planning. You know, even in Christian circles today, the creation narrative gets dragged down into human arguments about how long did all this really take? And what about the dinosaurs and carbon dating and how to fit evolution, a theory which not even all your hardcore atheist scholars can agree on? All that does is corrupt the beauty and the joy of the account in its pure form. Just hear Genesis as it is without hanging all of the human baggage of the last few centuries onto it. Let your mind be blown away. Be like a child with wide with eyes wide with amazement while your heavenly Father tells you the story. He loves the earth. He's not going to let it go to waste. He has a plan for it. It includes you and me. It has from the start. He loves you. The rest of the story has everything to do with love. The God who created all this and you and me is also the God who came to the earth to be one of us, to live in the flesh and die at the hands of his own creation, his own people, to take away the sin of their rebellion against him and all their evil thoughts and desires and acts. He put it all on himself in the person of Jesus Christ, his son, and he sends his spirit upon all people and into them to create faith in their hearts that they would believe all this, Believe in the Son of God and by that inherit eternal life. What a beautiful, true story. Not logical or comprehensible, but amazing and true nonetheless. Wonder Woman isn't real, but her religion once was. People believed in Zeus and Ares and the whole dysfunctional family of gods. Others believed in sea monsters and that Violent, bloody wars had created the world around them. Those religions are dead. But there are still many worldviews and belief systems today that continue to keep people's attention and focus on a dead-end road. Our story is one we must continue to tell our children and our children's children 
God has made a promise from generation to generation. Baptism is the way God promised to make you his own dear child and promises that to all generations. So, let's keep baptizing because the creation story is for all generations. It's the expression in words of our triune God. It's the story of our salvation. The Trinity is also about who is on the cross. The man on the cross is the Lord of heaven and of earth. He made the whole creation and the first thing he said about it was that it was good. Very good. He loved it. It was that love of creation that brought him to the cross in the first place. God did not make us to escape the world. Rather, Jesus came in the flesh of this world to redeem it. To redeem you. This is why it's so important for you and me to believe and confess with our voices who God is and what He's done. So may your mind be blown away by this. May you hear of God's love for you and for His creation with wide-eyed amazement, always. And may His peace, which goes way beyond our limited human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Amen.